Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Happy first Friday, everybody. Nathan Zagura, Jason Gibbs with you today on this Wednesday. Bo Bishop still on assignment. He'll be back with us on Friday. Coming up, we're going to hear from the head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. That's coming up momentarily here on this program. The Commanders have announced this morning that Carson Wentz will be their starting quarterback, so we'll get some reaction to that as well. Uh, we'll go around the National Football League at 2 o'clock. Bernie Kozar joins us. 2.15, we meet the Commanders. 2.30, better or worse. Anthony Poizal back in studio at 2.30 there. For the Browns, an opportunity to really play spoiler. A lot at stake, obviously, in this game for the Commanders. Not as much as we would like to have at stake in this game for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, for the Right now, the Commanders enter Week 17, 7-7-1. Seven, seven they play the Browns and they play the Dallas Cowboys. They are the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs. If they make, if they win their last two games, they are in. They control their own destiny. They can clinch a playoff berth in Week 17 with a win, coupled with a loss for each of the Lions, Seahawks, and the Packers. Conversely, the Commanders would be eliminated from the playoffs in Week 17 if the Browns beat them. And they, Lions and Packers, both win their games. Lions against the Bears, Packers against Minnesota. So they could go either way, either way here for the Commanders. Clinch, they could be out, or it could be on to Week 18 as well to see what ultimately happens there. So those are the scenarios. Those are the stakes for the Washington Commanders, for the Cleveland Browns. Playoffs no longer on a tap, no longer in the offing, no longer in the mix. And so the Browns are going to have to just go ahead and figure out a way uh, to salvage this season by getting a big win late and then going on to Pittsburgh and getting that first season sweep since 2000. So I'm sorry, since 1988, which would be certainly a very welcome thing and a good way to close out this season. It's funny, I was talking with Grant Delpit and I did very bad math, Gibby. I'm like, Grant, were you even alive in 1988? He was like, I wasn't born for 10 more years. I'm like, yep, good Great. for you. I said, Great. wonderful for you. I was born Feel 10 years nice before that. nice and old. Thank you. Yeah. And here's Brown's head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I guess we've got a technical difficulty. <clears throat> Having technical difficulties <laughs> yeah, here with bit. head coach Kevin Stefanski, which is unfortunate. You'd like to hear them. He was referring early there to the fact that Carson Wentz has been named the starter. Wentz last week came on in relief of Heineke. Now, they benched Heineke in this game. You have a guess of what Heineke's stats were in this game when he was benched? He left, what, early in the fourth quarter? Yep. He was 13, Heineke was 13 of 18 for 166 yards, two touchdowns and an interception, but he did throw that pick, almost had a pick six, and lost a fumble. Uh, it's better now. We'll try head coach Kevin Stefanski again. Was running things down. I mean, he's a very, very impressive player, and I think we'll, he'll be one week better. Um, so we know what to expect. Talked about, you know, keeping the focus on the last two games and playing hard. Um, do you feel like you have the right guys to have the mindset you're looking for given not being in the playoff? I do. I mean, really, you got professionals, Scott. These guys understand. Uh, you know, I, I get all the things that are going on, and, and I get all of it, uh, and, and and they do, but. We get to compete. We, we get to, to go down there, 
versus a good football team, get to do what these guys love to do. Yeah, very happy for Jack. You know, I think Jack's teammates are very happy for Jack. Uh, you know, they were excited to see him after that news broke uh, because you know how hard he works. It's when you see a guy put in the work that Jack puts in in the offseason, rehabbing from the injury, you see the work that he puts in during the season, just keeping his body right. You see him play on Sundays and, and how hard he plays, and, and he's just a quintessential team guy. So when a guy like that gets rewarded, I think uh, the team in kind responds uh, you know, very uh, favorably. The rest of the stability is really hard to find on that line. So you have Joel extended, Jack, Wyatt, and a lot of those core guys now are together. Yeah, I think it's important. Uh, I think you look around the league, it, it, it's hard to play with the same five guys for a season just with how, how injuries occur and those type of things. And, uh, but when you can have stability and, and you can have that, those five guys functioning as one, which is so important when it comes to a communication standpoint, uh, I think it, it really does help. Looks like good weather this week. How important is to the offense to put it all together, you know, here are one or both of the final two games? Yeah, Fred, I think, you know, for us focus-wise offensively, obviously you want to, you know, continue to take strides and make strides and, and score some points and, and, you know, do our part to help our, our team. And I think that's the focus for the offense, focus for the defense, focus for the special teams versus a good Washington team is a good do your part. Extra resolve from a lot of the receivers since they really had a hard time hanging onto the ball uh, last week. Yeah, again, I think I go back to we have a lot of pros, Mary Kay, and, and the guys last week was last week. Um, they're really focused on doing their job. They're, they're excited to get the opportunity to go compete. I guess how important is it to, like, for these younger guys to, to just get this last, you know, couple weeks of experience here, especially your rookies, and for you guys to just see how far they've come since they first got here? Yeah, I think every rep is valuable. I think practice reps are valuable. Uh, but any time you can get young guys in game settings and, and see them respond, uh, yeah, I think it's it's good. We've had a lot of young guys play for us. Going back to week one, guys have stepped up and, and played a lot of football. So, you know, I really try to evaluate all of it from the meeting rooms to the practice field to the game field. So, uh, yes, of course, two more games to, to see how guys respond uh, in, in certain settings I think is important. At this point in the season, you Jerome Ford, extended time for Anthony Bell, or some of these guys who haven't played. Yeah, I think we'll make decisions, uh, Tony, on, on players like you mentioned. Um, guys may get a couple more opportunities, but bottom line is we're going to do everything we can to try to win this game. That, that's really where our focus is. If a young guy warrants getting some extra plays, he, he might. Much kick return in his background. When you guys did that, was part of the thought like, hey, we, we like this guy, we just want to get the ball in his hands. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm joking, but yes. I mean, Jakeem went down, and you look around, and we had – I think when we when that happened, we talked about it. We had multiple guys that were capable of doing it. We weren't short on guys, but you saw a young player in Jerome that we were all, all excited about, and he's got speed, he's got vision, and those are so important when you're talking about kick return. He also has good hands, and, you know, with the kick return ball, it's a little bit different than a punt per se, so a little bit easier, if you will. So felt like – even though he hadn't done it, there would be a 
easier transition and he worked like crazy at it. I mean, he's, that's extra time that he spent on the field with the jugs. That's a ton of extra time with coach Preef watching tape. So he's worked hard at it, but we did look at his traits, look at his skill set, and say that probably will apply. And let's, let's give the kids some opportunities. Today about the challenge of going from outside to inside, you know, playing to play out. How do you think he's handled that dual role this year? Yeah, I think there's been some really, really good moments for Greg. I, obviously, uh, like any of our players, there's plays that you want back, but it is a challenge, and some a lot of guys do it and, and can pl- operate at a high level inside and outside. I think Greg can do it as well, and I think he's shown that. Uh, again, has it been perfect? No. I'm sure there's plays that, that we can do better, uh, but if you can do that, the versatility that brings to your football team um, is, a, is a big deal, and I think with him – he can cover on the outside. He has the speed. He has the length. He has the ability to blitz. He has the ability to, to fill the run. So uh, his versatility is, is a big part of what we do on defense. This game, or maybe even winning the last two games, helps build and foster the culture of winning and possibly carry over into next season? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of a little bit smaller picture when it comes to that, Mary Kay. I just want to you know, do everything in our power to give our guys a plan this week so they can go play fast. And, and like I mentioned, go try to get a win on the road versus a good football team. That, that's really where our focus is, what it means past that. You know, there will be a time for that, but for us really focus is on this week. Good. Was about the defense finding its stride second half of the season. It's the second year in a row that's kind of happened. Kind of a two-part question is why is it you feel like this team has defensively has – gotten off to slow starts the last couple of years and what is it you feel like the defense is doing well now specifically that they've been able to turn it around yeah I don't know that there's a specific thing that we're doing differently but you know it comes down to just being sound doing your job really yeah and I you know I think for the guys is the focus is always there from week one uh you're going to hit some rough patches uh, as an offense as a defense as a team uh but you just got pushed through them four games back for Watson, there's always been kind of a, a reason for inefficiency, you know, rust and then the inclement weather. So it's game five and it's going to be beautiful, supposedly, in D.C. or in that area. Should we expect to see a major bump up in points? <clears throat> yeah. For me, Tony, obviously, the focus goes to just doing your – doing our job so specifically to Deshaun obviously doing his job uh, we want to play better we want to play better as a team we want to play better as an offense that comes with doing our job a little bit better um, so there's nothing there's not a uh, a threshold or, or a benchmark that I'm holding him or the offense or the team specifically just got to try to do our, our job a little bit better fifth game back now is the past is the past, and he should be informed. Yeah, I think he's. I think we kind of talked about getting that first one out of the way was important, and then I think since then I, I've seen him take. I really have seen him take steps in each one of these games, even in the last game. Uh, I think with those conditions, I, I saw him take steps forward. Ford, I mean, he carried it like twenty-five times a game last year. How has he handled and in, in practice this year? You know, not knowing when his opportunities are going to come. Yeah, he's done a, a really nice job. Again, embracing special teams. Uh, he made plays on kickoff early in the season where I don't know the last time he covered a kick in his you know, life. You may be going back to freshman year of high school type thing. Uh, so he embraced it, and, and he's embraced that role of the kick returner because he knows he can impact the game. 
So he gives a great look in practice. Uh, it's just one of those uh, things with your roster. Sometimes you have guys that are in front of you and you just got to keep your head down and control what you can control. I think he's done a nice job of that. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, that's Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski at the podium there talking about the Browns and this game against the Commanders. Jed Wills won't practice due to a back issue. We'll see if they can get him out there. Uh, my guess, James Hudson would be the Browns' left tackle with the event that he is out. Chris Hubbard would also be a candidate there. So something to watch uh, for the Browns at that left tackle spot, Jed Wills. But everybody else good to go. Jadevian Clowney will be back uh, from practice today as well. So good news on the injury front for the most part. And now you got to get ready and take on the commanders. And Carson Wentz, a guy who, Gibbe, you remember, his first ever NFL start as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, took place against the Browns in Philadelphia. And oh, they got do the win I. In that game. Um, disappointing, obviously. But that Casey Kuhn has almost gotten a fight with Secret Service because I believe the vice president of the United States, who is now our president, was there. I believe that you have that. I believe you have that right. Yeah. <laughs> and they locked down everything, and we couldn't get on the field to do our jobs. Which is never any fun. But so that's no. that's where it is right there for the Browns. Uh, that was your head coach, Kevin Stefanski, at the podium. Did McCown get helicoptered in that game? No, that was the Jets. Oh, that's right. That was 2017, maybe? Or 15. No, it was 15. It was week one of 15. By Demario Davis in uh, in New yeah. York. So, anyway, all hey. right, that's where we're at there with the head coach of Cleveland Browns. When we come back, uh, we're going to give you a few more updates. We'll talk a little bit about Carson Wentz and what that decision looked like for the Commanders to make a shift at quarterback there um, around the league. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, and and much much more here. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Be a part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. All right. Kevin Stefanski kicked it off. We're going to hear from Browns tight end David Njoku in a little bit when we go around the league. Uh, but the big news out of Washington for the commanders is that they will turn, return to Carson Wentz, who was the second overall pick in the 2016 draft, 46-44-1 and all-time as a starting quarterback. Now, 2-4 and four this season as the starter for the Washington Commanders. Heineke was 5-3-1 and one this season, but obviously they've hit a little bit of a rough patch there, and they are looking for answers. They're looking for a jump start. The Commanders have lost two in a row. They tied the Giants, so since... They went on a three-game winning streak, beating Philly, beating Houston, beating Atlanta. They tied the Giants 20-20 to on Sunday Night Football, had a bye. Then they lost 20-12 to to the Giants and lost 37-20 to the 49ers. As I said, they are currently in the playoffs, but they can clinch if they win. And the three teams behind them all lose. Seattle, 
Green Bay, and Detroit. They could be out of the playoffs, though, if they lose and both Green Bay and Detroit win their games. Green Bay playing Minnesota, Detroit playing Chicago. So a lot at stake here. Uh, on the season went 63% completions, 1,612 yards, 11 touchdowns, 6 picks, and 86 rating. He was sacked 23 times in only 6 starts, which is a, a, a wild thing. In fact, on the season, they have been sacked, their quarterbacks have been sacked 42 times. But if you do the math real quickly, you would say, so he was sacked 23 times in 6 starts. It's been 19 sacks in 8 starts for Heineke. So not great, but certainly still better than the rate that Carson Wentz was at. Heineke on the year was 62% completions, 12 touchdowns, 6 picks, 1,859 yards, and an 89.6 rating. Um, he had lost, he had turned the ball over twice on average, six times in the last three games, so two a week, the last three, and that's why Ron Rivera made the switch. But at the time that he was benched, six, he had 166 yards, two touchdowns, was 13 of 18 passing with an interception, a quarterback rating of 114, sacked twice, he lost a fumble. He was benched in that game. Wentz came in. Went 12 of 16, season-high 75% completions for 123 yards, a touchdown, and a 117.4 rating. So they've made the switch from the former undrafted free agent to the former second overall pick, Carson Wentz. Well, and it becomes almost a a, a final tryout for Carson Wentz here yep. as you take a look at things. Uh, Washington traded two third-round picks, one in 22, one in 23, and then swap second-round picks in April require Wentz in that giant contract. Contract contains two more years, but no more guaranteed money. If Washington opts to keep him around, they could restructure or pay him $26.7 million in 2023. Heineke is a free agent at the end of the season. So a lot in play for Washington, not just this weekend and the rest of the season, but looking ahead as well. They want to see if he's if he Wentz can be the guy or not. Here's what's crazy is last year in Indy, Wentz goes nine and eight. He loses two games in a row to end the season, so they miss the playoffs. Twenty seven touchdowns, only seven interceptions, quarterback rating of ninety five, and they couldn't wait to get rid of him. Could not wait to get rid of him. So he is he just has not been great. In 2020, he led the NFL 15 interceptions. That was most in the league, uh, and he was sacked 50 times. That was also most in the NFL. So he is a strange, strange guy in that regard. Um, he has led two fourth-quarter comebacks this year. Both of his wins were fourth-quarter comebacks, and he's 2-4 and four as a starter for his career, 46-44-1. and one. But that season in Indy was not terrible, and they no, could not wait to get rid of him. The, the owner, if you recall, was – literally doing a victory march when they traded him. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. And I think it started – didn't it start at the Combine? Where, where it was there was nothing positive coming out of Indy at no, all about no. Carson Wentz. And we, everybody was like, well, that's kind of weird because it wasn't like he was awful. Well, he was awful when it mattered. And that's why they got rid of him. I mean, but, he, he, I lost, mean he lost the last two games – Two winning in games. They lost 23 to 20 to the Raiders in week 17 and then 26 11 at Jacksonville in week 18. He had two giveaways in those games on only two touchdowns, 166 yards passing. And so they said that was it. How has this team looked with Heineke and Wentz this year? Uh, with Heineke as the starter, 20 points a game, 204.6 passing yards per game. With Wentz, it was 17 points a game, 224.8 pass yards 
per game. As I said, Wentz two and four, Heineke five, three and one as the starter so far this year. It's kind of wild. Completion percentage very much the same. Touchdown to interception ratio very much the same. Passer rating slight edge to Heineke, 89.6 versus 86.3. Of course, as we mentioned, though, you know the guy who's got the pedigree is obviously Carson Wentz, and they've got some good people to throw to. Terry McLaurin, Johan Dotson, and they've got Curtis Samuel. So, plenty of talent there uh, on that offensive side of the ball. Logan Thomas as well. And we'll see what they uh, we'll see what they do. But that was the decision made today by Riverboat Ron. I'm kind of surprised. I'm appreciative, but I'm kind of surprised that he already announced it. That you know, you announce it early in the week. Oftentimes, you know, they like to sit on those things, right? They like keep hold you down, guessing. keep you guessing. Which tape do you watch? How is the did the offense change that much? So interesting that he did announce it in time for the Browns to be able to adjust if there is going to be an adjustment, but to be able to adjust uh, their game plan completely. Yeah. couple uh, injury notes from our good friend John Keim in Washington with the commies. Uh, running back Antonio Gibson not practicing. Rivera said he had a sprain to an unspecified area. I have yep. questions there. Yeah, uh, defensive end Chase Young, non-COVID illness, not at practice, expected back tomorrow. That guy has just struggled to get back on the field and stay on the field. Well, he made his season debut last week, played 30 snaps, had a pass defense, two tackles, no pressures. Uh, you know, he was a pro bowler, the defensive rookie of the year in 2020 when he had seven and a half sacks. Uh, but, you know, those devastating knee injuries, and he's only been able to play in 10 games over the last two seasons, nine games in 2021 for a devastating injury. And then he's just finally back this year. Uh, last week was his that was his first his debut there so yeah very talented front though I mean it seems got a lot of talent Jonathan Allen Deron Payne Montez Sweat all have seven sacks or more uh, on the defensive line their entire defensive line is all first round picks Young Allen Payne and Sweat so this is a talented team this is a good it's a good defense Uh, they get after the quarterback they've been very stingy uh, with points allowed, they make lots of negative plays, and then they play a lot of quarters uh, coverage behind it, like a shell that does not allow a lot of balls over their heads or big plays in the passing game. So they've been an, an effective team. That's how they've won, uh, is really in large part with their defense. Um, as I mentioned, Payne's got nine and a half sacks. That's a career high. Allen's back to the Pro Bowl. Sweat's got seven. Uh, they've allowed in 12 games, they've allowed fewer than 24 points this year. That's the second most in the NFL behind the Niners. They allow just 17 first downs per game. That's second in the NFL behind only the Niners. Uh, in fact, their streak of 10 straight games holding opponents below 24 points was snapped last week by San Francisco who at 37. Um, Allen and Payne have 16 tackles for loss each. That's third in the NFL and number one amongst defensive tackles, and they both have it. So this is a very, very good loaded group. They rush four. They don't blitz a ton. I mean, they, they don't gave, need to. They gave our offense problems last year. We just set records against them defensively. What, in <laughs> They couldn't block our guys. Last year? Was it last year we played or them? Or 2020? 2020? We beat them in 2020. I don't know. If Was we... that the Miles? Well, maybe I'm thinking Chicago. You're thinking of Chicago. No, but like Washington, Miles had a monster. He had, he had a strip two sacks, sack. Two sacks and a forced fumble. Yep. Um, <laughs> that was 2020. We beat him 34 to 20 in that one. Nick Chubb, 19 carries, 108 that yards. That game was closer than that final score, though. Yep. I mean, it, there were there was some doubt going into the fourth quarter. Matter of fact, I I think well, I don't know. 
I, I feel like Washington might have been tied or maybe even in the lead going into the fourth quarter. We scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. <clears throat> yeah. I know that. So, yeah, maybe it was 24 to 23 at that point or something weird. But It, it was something very strange. But 2017. They could not block our guys, but no. we had a lot of trouble with their front line, and that front line is still there. <laughs> yeah, Sweat and Allen each had a sack in that game. Uh, we ran it pretty well with Nick Chubb, like I said. Harrison Bryant had his first career touchdown in that game as well. But that was Baker Mayfield against Dwayne Haskins. Yep. Uh, so, obviously, very different teams um, that we'll see this time around. Uh, but, yeah, this is a good Washington football team. They're looking – they're fighting for their playoff lives. This game means absolutely everything to them. The Browns have an opportunity to play spoiler, and hopefully that's what they will be able to do uh, when they go out and get the job done against this team, which is a very, very talented team. It really is. It's a very, very good team uh, from the Washington commander side of it. Good defense. They can run the ball. Brian Robinson leads their team with 710 yards on the season, and then they can throw it. McLaurin's back to the Pro Bowl again. Jahan Dotson, the rookie out of Penn State, their first-rounder, has got seven touchdowns. Uh, Curtis Samuel's got 652 yards, and Samuel's been much better with Carson Wentz than with Heineke this season, so that's something to keep an eye on. I think they will throw it a little bit more um, with Wentz. And he will give you some opportunities. He'll give you opportunities to take the football away from him, but he can also make plays if you sleep on him. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Samuel with Wentz this year, 5.3 receptions a game, three receiving touchdowns in seven games. Heineke, 2.8 receptions a game, one touchdown in nine games. So that's uh, Curtis Samuel certainly, I think, probably happy about that quarterback switch there. I mentioned that they've allowed uh, 24 points. When they've allowed more 24-plus points, commanders are 0-4 this season which is incredible. It's not too shabby at all. This is a team that did not start off the season well. Heineke gave them enough of a spark. Yep. Clearly, Riverboat Ron thinks the spark is gone. Back to Wentz, and we'll see if it's enough to propel Washington into the playoffs. They have definitely overachieved, given everything that's going on off the field with that organization. Yeah, no doubt. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Um Good job by them. Still the worst press box. Still not looking forward. I'm not. Well, you've got me very nervous, scared about it. But hopefully it we'll have sucks. some good weather and we'll be able to, you know, have a good fun 59 game. 59 degrees. Doesn't look like rain now. So the rain's out. Good. Yeah, for now. Good. I mean, I think we're right on that edge where it could rain like in the morning or it might be out of here. Yep. But I will take 59 degrees on January 1st. Especially after we just, what we just came through. Tundra. Tundra. Brutal. Yeah, Grant said that was the coldest he's ever been by a, by a wide, wide margin in that game. All right. When we come back, we're going to hear from Browns tight end David Njoku. Plus, we'll go around the league as well with some things, uh, some news on some quarterbacks in Miami, in Philadelphia as well. Um, and then do we have a return? This is what we always wanted for the Hoff, but... We've never put ourselves in position for a meaningful game for the Hoff to make such a dramatic return. All that coming up when we return here on Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. 
There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone is the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Back to the podium we go to hear from Browns tight end David Njoku. We have a job to do, and we intend on doing it. So we're going to put our best foot forward, and um, it's going to be a good game against Washington. David, I mean, last, you know, when we talked to you the last few weeks, you've always been, you know, we're not done yet, we're not done yet. So, personally, how do you kind of process the fact that, from a playoff perspective, um, they're out of the equation? Obviously, it's tough, you know. But at the same time, like I just said, we also still have a job to do. So we intend to do it. We're going to, you know, give it all we got. A lot of progress and a lot of growth for sure. And just this past like couple weeks that he's been with us, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited, you know, for the f- future. Obviously, it's tough right now, you know, uh, but it is what it is. So we're gonna move forward. You're real open after the game, just you know, saying you let the team down, not mm-hmm. catching that last ball. So, like, what have the last couple of days? Was that tough for you, um, you know, dealing with that? You know, obviously, but um, it's just one of one of those things, man. We gotta just keep keep going. We gotta move forward. Uh, I I own up to that completely. I think that you know, it is my fault completely, and it is what it is. So, I gotta move on. I gotta you know show. Got to lead by example and, you know, uh, work hard in practice, you know, and give it all in the game and just keep pushing. What do you hope to uh, accomplish in these last two games, both from an individual standpoint and then collectively as an offensive unit? You know, this is going to show how much people, how much we, how, how bad do we want to win, no matter, you know, even though we're out of the playoffs and everything, and how much we just love the game of fo- football, you know what I mean? Uh, playing for your pride, play, playing for your brothers, you know, giving it all you got for them, you know, even though, you know, we're not going to advance, so. David, in falling short of the playoffs, what what would you say sums up your emotions about it? Are you frustrated, disappointed, angry? How do you feel about it? All the above, yeah. all the above, you know. Um, going into every year, you always have high hopes, high, you know, goals, and when you don't reach them, it's, it's upsetting. You know, especially when, you know, you uh, you work so hard, you know, you, work, you, you see, like, your teammates working really hard and everything, and to not get there is, is tough. But, like I said, just is life, you know. It is what it is. got to keep going. What did it mean to you to make the Pro Bowl as an alternate, and what would it mean to you if you get added to the game? Um, I'm blessed, you know, no matter what, obviously. I wanted to leave no doubt, you know, but with injuries and everything, it's, it's tough. But uh, nevertheless, here I am, you know, hopefully I get, I, I get there. If not, you know, I got to work harder next year. That's just how my mindset is. David, you're one of the more senior guys in this, in this, in this locker room. For a lot of the younger guys, are you, how important is it for you to kind of set the tone, for, especially over these last two weeks, you know, where there are no playoffs, but there, are, there is still a lot individually and personally for people to play? No, for sure. For sure. Like I said, um, this is a, a big test to see who loves this game 
as much as they say they, they do, number one. Number two, I know me, and I know, you know, the tight end group, we're going to give it our all. I know the whole team will, you know what I'm saying? I have no doubt that we're going to put our best foot forward and give the commanders hell, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it, 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 it's tough because you have that thought in the back of your head, like, we, we could have done this or we should have done that, but we got no one to blame but ourselves, you know what I'm saying? And that's just, it is what it is. You know, no one put us in this position but us, you know, so we got to get back to work, pick up the pieces, and finish it strong. Washington seems like they're a pretty pesky, feisty team. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, people tend to, you know, write them off this year, yet here they are hanging around. When you watch that defense, what, what makes them so I see pesky great things. I see great things. Their they're, they're front forward, first of all, is very dominant. You know, they, uh, they take great pride in that as well. So we got our hands full. We're going to have fun. Chase Young specifically, he's a beast. He's a beast. He uh, he has it all. You know, speed, power, uh, everything. Like you know, he's just he's a, a, a dominant player. So we have to really you know give it to him. Do you believe you have the people in this room and in this building um, to get where you want to go next year without having to change a lot of things? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, obviously, you know, um, we're going to reflect after the season, but there's a, a, a bunch of games that, you know, we could have sat back and said we could have done this, that, or third that, you know, led us to where we are. So, you know, it's football, man. You know, things happen. It is what it is, and it's up to us to get the job done. And we didn't. So we have to pick up the pieces. First off, finish this strong, pick up the pieces, and get back to work. So it's all about the work. It seems like you don't give you guys a pass, even though. Deshaun was suspended for the first 11 games from hearing you talk. It seems like you believe that you guys really should still be going. I don't make excuses. Right? I don't make excuses. You know, we could have said anything, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, we did not do the job. So that's what it is. That's what we have to move, move on from. I know you're not ready to reflect just yet, but can you maybe look back at some of those those games and moments heading into these last two and kind of try to get the most out of the season in that in that kind of way? I'm just focused on the commanders right now. So after this season, I'll, I'll, I'll reflect, you know, through all that, you know, reflecting and uh, and get back to you. Dude, a lot of people were worried about you after the game because of the shirt, like hoping you were okay. Like, did you come out okay? You feeling good? <laughs> the answer to your question is I'm, I'm not sick. I feel great. Yeah. How long did it take you to thaw out and be able to feel your extremities again? I'm fine, dog. <laughs> I'm cool. You'll be hot in Washington. It's supposed to be in the fifties. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun game. That is David Njoku, the Chief. I love his leadership. I really love the way that he's kind of embraced that leadership role here with the Cleveland Browns. He has grown by leaps and bounds this season, not just as a player, but as a leader. Uh, it, it's been a pretty – it's not that he didn't have it in him or that we didn't see his ability to do that, but to grow the way he has this year is just remarkable. Yeah, it's sensational. I and love it's it. It's a credit to him. I can't wait for a full season of him with Deshaun Watson. I think we're going to get uh, some real fireworks from the Browns' young tight end there. All right, we told you we got to go around the league really quickly. The Dolphins have announced that Tua Tungavailoa indeed does have another concussion. He will not play Sunday. Teddy Bridgewater, Theodore. Theodore is going to start. Theodore will get the start, which is good to see. Uh, yeah. I, what, what do they do here? I mean, the Fair NFL enough. Players Association is now launching an investigation. The league's looking into it. 
I, I mean, this guy's gotten dinged more than a couple times now. No, yeah, in it's one like his season second or and, third this year. I mean, are are you going to be forcing people to shut him down? Like, there's a lot riding on this game Sunday. I mean, they are in New England, and oh yeah, you know it. it they're not in yet by any stretch of the imagination. No, and no, they're in a they're in a free fall right lost now. Lost four in a row. Yeah, and I, I just I don't know what they're going to do here with this with the quarterback situation. And you know, you, this guy you got to get this guy better. You got to get this guy healthy. But what what exactly is going on with him? I don't know. I mean, Teddy, you can win with Teddy. He's going to have to play well, but they can absolutely win with him. But, yeah, they're in a, an interesting spot there, certainly are the Miami Dolphins. Uh, in Philly, Nick Sirianni provided an update on Jalen Hurts' shoulder, saying if he's healthy, he will play. You're darn right he'll play. They're trying to clinch the number one seed. Absolutely. I mean, Minshew played very well, but, yeah, they want to be – they want to have Jalen Hurts out there who's playing at an MVP level. Uh, former Pro Bowl left tackle, Super Bowl 56 champion Andrew Wentworth hinted at a possible return to the Bengals after starting right tackle L. Collins suffered a season-ending ACL injury. Said Whitworth, I've said this since the day I retired. I'll never say never. There's always a chance. He said on the season with Peter Schrager podcast yesterday, could he be back? That would be an, an awesome story for the Bengals, obviously, and, and Andrew Whitworth. So we'll keep uh, monitor we'll monitor that there uh, and see what ultimately ends up happening with Andrew Whitworth. We we might have to go back to the well if he comes back and talk to Hoff about this. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty bold comeback. Yeah, and I mean. I think the Bengals would welcome that. Is he still – so he's not under contract any longer with the Rams? No. <clears throat> they don't own his rights or anything? I don't think so. So that that's what – They wouldn't stop him anyway. They would – if that's what it was, they'd release him. Like, no, he's going to be fine. If he wants to play for the Bengals, he can. By the way, I have another story that I didn't put in this today. Yeah. Did you see that Ed Reed – is slated to become the next head football coach at, at Bethune Cookman. Yeah, what is why? What's happening? Uh, did you so? He's the latest high-profile former athlete to coach uh, the HBCU ranks. Yep. Deion Sanders with Jackson State. Eddie George is still at Tennessee State. Yep. Um. The athletic director at this college is Reggie Theus, who is uh, also the basketball, basketball player. Coach. Yeah. Yeah bunch of former athletes I, I i don't know i didn't know ed reed wanted to be a football coach me neither um he will be the 16th head coach there um which is wild he's currently the chief of staff at the university of miami and now he is uh he's doing this how much work do you think he did as a chief i mean a, a chief of staff is normally doing a lot of work yeah, I'm not sure Ed Reed is. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I'm not so sure Ed Reed is the guy based on where we've seen him and how we've seen him. I mean, he's been all over the country, and but he might be able to recruit. That's all it is. The crazy, so it's not like he, this has been a good program. They were two and nine last year. Only wins coming over Grambling State and Mississippi Valley State, huh. and those teams only combined for five wins. Uh, Jackson State, coached by Dion, beat Bethune-Cookman 48-8. to The University of Miami opened its season with an easy 70-13 to win over the Wildcats in a bye game scheduled in part to help subsidize their athletic budget. 
and now he's he's taking over. So this isn't it's not like this is a program that's on the way up at all. I didn't know this either. Reed was an assistant DB coach with Buffalo and the Bills in 2016. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm not saying it won't be successful, but I just felt like this was out of nowhere. Yeah, it feels very out of nowhere. It seems it seems wild. So we'll see what that ultimately leads to and 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 how that ends up going for them. Um yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, I I still don't know what it's going to be like for you know, you can see Dion recruiting already at Colorado, but that's it feels like a bit much bigger uh task than what he was doing at Jackson State, and obviously he was very successful there. Uh, I don't know if you saw this from the NBA, from the association last night. Luka Doncic, 60 points, 21 boards, 10 assists, first ever 60-20-10 game in history. Not hard of seeing. Did you see the free throw to essentially tie the game? Oh, yes. I mean, pretty ridiculous game last night in the league. Yes. And I know that he's, he's gotten some flack here recently. Maybe the party circuit, maybe the buffet line, maybe not the greatest in of shape. What do you mean? He's been unbelievable. But he has been that, – that game was ridiculous. But he hasn't been like – They were down nine with 35 seconds to go. Down nine. Yeah. 13,884 straight NBA games in the last 20 seasons – when a team was up nine with 35 or fewer seconds left, had won. 13,800. It makes us feel better about the Jets. <laughs> I was only 2,000, like 230-something. What am I looking at here? Um, there was something. Was it him? What? No, it's definitely not. Man, I'm having a day, kids. I mean, Luka Doncic. It's is- not Luka. Who, who else? Who am I missing? Luca's beyond good. What are you trying to say, Gibe? There's someone in the league that has put on some. Jokic. Is, huh? Jokic. Jokic. That's yeah. it. Jokic had 41, 15, and 15 on Sunday. Yeah. But the party circuit was not good to him in the offseason. These guys do it. They're just, they do everything they want. These guys are both unbelievable. Well, because they lead like crazy lifestyles. Like, you don't play till nighttime, and then you're up all night. And then yeah. whatever, shenanigans. Donkic and Jokic each have seven triple-doubles already. Nobody else has more than three. Donkic is averaging 34 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. Yes. Since the assists started getting tracked, nobody's ever ended a season averaging so much in all three categories. 34, nine, and nine. Jokic goes into Wednesday averaging 25 points, 11 boards, and nine and a half assists. Only Oscar Robertson has ever ended a season with those kind of averages. Jeez, the Mavericks, where are the Mavericks at in the standings? Okay, it's early. They're sixth, 19 and 16. So, in other words, they don't have anybody else around him. Yeah. I mean, they're unbelievable. I A mean, bit. for him to intentionally miss it, leap, catch it, and shoot, and make it all in one motion was By the un- way, he crazy. didn't get the board at first. Like, no. he went through, like, four or five players' hands before he ended up with it. Yep. Yeah. Unreal, but that was an incredible basketball performance yesterday by Luka Doncic. I like—I mean, I like him. I like his game. This should be a fun playoffs this year in the NBA. The NBA—it just—it's hard for the regular season. It's so—it's so long. 
We still have like four months. I know, but it's good. But the playoff basketballs, that's when it gets serious, and there's you know a lot of teams, obviously. And that's, that's a long process, too, the playoffs. Yeah, then the – yeah. Because they, they don't play their series in a week. It takes like two oh, weeks yeah. per series. Oh, yeah, plenty of time there. No doubt. No doubt. So that's what's going on around the league. If you're just joining us, no Jed Wills at practice for the Browns, but the good news is Jevian Clowney – is back at practice today and should be good to go uh, from with the concussion, should be out of the concussion protocol for the Washington uh, football team, the commanders. They should have just stayed with the football team, honestly. But the commanders, I know this. or yeah. gone to a better name, we've talked about a billion better names, but uh, they are making the switch back to Carson Wentz. That's right, to Carson Wentz at quarterback when they take on the Browns on New Year's Day 2023. That game will take place twenty. 20- 23, the Browns and the Commanders from FedEx Field this Sunday at 1 p.m. All right, hour number two when we come back, kicking it off with Bernie Kozar here on the program. Plus, we've got Meet the Washington Commanders as well. We talked about some of the things about that team already. And then we've got Higher or Lower, a.k.a. Better or Worse with Anthony Poizel. All coming your way here in hour number two. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. Not yet. Soon we'll be joined by Browns legend Bernie Kozar. As the Browns get ready to take on the Washington Commanders, I looked up Bernie 2-2 uh, two and two all-time against Washington with the member of the Browns and with the Dallas Cowboys as well. So we'll talk to him about what it was like back in the day going into Washington. Two of those games with the Browns were played in Washington, one in uh, 1988, one in 1991 for Bernie. So we'll ask him about those games and uh, – you know, what do you do here when you're the Cleveland Browns? When this season has not gone the way that you wanted it to? When your playoff hopes, unfortunately, are over? Um, how do you finish this thing out? How do you play strong? How do you get the job done? How do you look at and evaluate these guys that are left? You know, do we get a, a little bit more of a look at Jerome Ford here in the final two games on offense? You know, guys that maybe have a future with us or not. Does I, th- I think I heard in the presser, because remember, we lost some of it, but when he came back, it, it sounded like maybe they were talking about Jalen Darden a little bit. Is he? It, was there like any news on that? Is he going to be active or something? Uh, not that I have seen, but I will try It sounded to like they were sound. talking about him, because he said the guy that you want to see what he could do with the ball in his hand, you know, as a returner. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I can tell you Reggie Ragland's going to be on the preview show tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's a guy that's impressed and – you know, he talked about getting a – it was like a second chance yeah. in the NFL and wanting to make the most of it, and he's valuing every one of these games. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of guys like that. Yeah, he went out there, 10 tackles, led the team last week. Obviously, a tremendous job uh, from Reggie Ragland. Good physical run-supporting 
linebacker, and, and that was the game last week. That really fit in well for him, and this is a Washington team that likes to run the ball. It's a Washington team that leads the NFL in time of possession. Browns are second, believe it or not, but they are number one, 32 minutes, 47 seconds a game. The Browns are number two at 32 minutes uh, as well. Amazingly, our division has three of the top five. Browns at 32 minutes, Bengals 31-57, Ravens 31-41. So this is a, a Washington team that possesses the ball. They run, and part of that's because they do such a good job on defense of getting people off the field. They're the number four total defense, number three on third downs. They do not give up big plays, as we talked about, uh, and they're very stingy in the red zone. So they've been a, a very effective defense. So it's a good test for Deshaun Watson and what should be the best weather that he's gotten to have uh, in since the, the debut. And all right. He is here. To the hotline we go. Browns legend Bernie Kozar joined the show via the Twisted Tea hotline. Brought to you by Twisted Tea, Hard Ice Tea, an official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Bernie, how are you? I'm doing good, Nathan. Actually, as you're given that awesome Washington Commanders defensive uh, breakdown, I'm thinking of their great head coach, Ron Rivera, and the 1985 Bears that oh, yeah. were aggressively coming at you. And the Washington Commanders, um, although their defense isn't at that level, um, they actually are playing some of that bend-but-don't-break type defense, the antithesis of what Ron Rivera did in the uh, in the mid-'80s. Yet they're having, unfortunately for us Browns fans, really good success, him and Jack Del Rio, especially um, in that scoring zone. Yeah, they've been great in the red zone, as we talked about, great on third downs, and a lot of it starts with their ability, and they've really been doing it with three guys, but now Chase Young is back, so they'll have four first-rounders on that defensive line, but they can get home without blitzing. Sweat's got seven sacks. Payne's got nine and a half, a career high. Jonathan Allen's got seven and a half. They are one of two teams in the league, Philly being the other, with three players that have seven or more sacks, and they're able to play behind that, you know, a lot of shell defense. They're third in the league in quarters coverage, so they're able to kind of play shell, not let you throw the ball over their head, not give up big plays, and then rely on their guys up front to get home. And when a team can do that, Bernie, when they can pressure a quarterback with four and have seven in coverage, how hard does that make it for a quarterback? Wow, Nathan, I'm having a massive old-time flashback right now to the Washington Commanders defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, um, was my teammate with the Miami Dolphins at the end of my career in the mid-'90s. He also has a history with Jimmy Johnson and the Dallas Cowboys sure. and Super Bowl rings. And how do we just describe the Washington Commanders with, unfortunately, four number one draft picks on their, off, on their defensive line? And as you so unfortunately correctly pointed out, the shell coverage that they're playing, the old Cowboy teams that Jack Del Rio was the middle linebacker for did exactly that philosophy. Awesome front four get after you with four guys, actually play shell coverage. Don't even bring the safety up into the box because I, was, I have so much confidence in my front four pass rush to disrupt um, the offensive line and get after the quarterback and on the way to the quarterback be able to disrupt the running game. But I'm able to play shell coverage behind that. That's exactly what we've been seeing through the course of the year with the Washington Commanders without Chase Young in there. Chase, unfortunately, came back to play last week and uh, showed showed that he is uh, still a phenomenal player in, in his athleticism in that game. He, I think he played like 35 snaps when they thought he was only going to play 15. So you could see them getting after it with their front four playing that old school coverage that I used to see back in the 80s and 90s. 
Yeah, and that makes it tough. And and speaking of in the eighties and even in the early nineties, you made a couple of trips to Washington and it's you know, the commanders went to the playoffs recently. They were out early two years ago when Tampa Bay knocked them out. Heineke was their quarterback, but it, it they hadn't been a power in a long time. I mean, this was a team that people I think forget how good they were in the eighties in your heyday. What was it like when you would go into Washington and take on then the Redskins? Well, that was that was one of the high points of, of my career to be able to play against uh, Joe Gibbs and and the yep. Fox and that that type team back then. They they well they won the Super Bowl in 1987. If it wasn't for one of our AFC Championship games, I would have liked to have been their opponent. And in that game, they they were loaded that year. They play amazing defense. They had. They had some of the top-tier pass rushers, like we're talking about uh, this upcoming Sunday with the great Charles Mann and oh, Dexter yeah. Manley. Dexter Manley, yeah. A lot of, yes, and there was a lot of stories about the old-school days and, and that type of line and the way they played and the Super Bowl champs. So God bless them, and that was a massive honor for me to go in there with the great Ernest Biner and, and win a game, win a couple games in, in uh, the old JFK Stadium. Uh, they that that old school field actually was as close to assimilated to the old municipal stadium with the old grass field that they had had there that by the end of the year needed to be spray painted spray painted mud uh, <laughs> green so they look like get grass. But let me just say that our Cleveland mud was way muddier than the the Redskins turf. <laughs> I love it. Great stuff right now with Bernie Kozar. Bernie, all right, let's talk about this Browns team. Obviously, season didn't go the way that we wanted, and the Browns have been eliminated from the playoffs, just not able to get it done consistently. And you go back kind of that four-game stretch, or really it was a six-game stretch, where they went one and five against the Jets, the Steelers, the Falcons, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Ravens. And that really is where this season got away from them. And, and so that's kind of where the Browns have been stuck, uh, and here they are. What do you do these final two games? How do you get these guys motivated, Bernie? And, and take us in the locker room. What's the mentality? How do you deal with this? And, and what do you hope to see from the guys on Sunday? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of great questions within, within that right there, Nathan. But I think first and foremost, you know, the effort has been there from, from the organization, the staff, the players through the course of the year. Unfortunately, the results haven't materialized on the field at times, and the difference between winning and losing in the NFL, it's, it, that four- or five-game stretch that you mentioned couldn't have been any more clear as to how what a fine line it is between getting a W and, and, or, and or ending up with an L um, in, our, in our business and stuff. I want to be, it's the Christmas week, uh, the end of 2022, starting our new year off. I want to really be positive and, and think through things from a positive light to it. Um, for the kids out there, I, I put so much effort, so much intentions, so much energy into wanting to be in the playoffs that thankfully when I played most of the years, it materialized in being at the playoffs. The one or two times it didn't. Um, I know there's more important things in life than just football and, and going to the playoffs, but it wasn't to me at that time, and I was damn close to heartbroken at this time of the year. So when the playoffs weren't a realistic possibility, when the possibility of going to the Super Bowl wasn't there anymore, um, that was a crushing 
thing for me. So it is a mental, uh, yes, at this time of the year, week uh, game 17, you have physical issues, you have physical uh, ailments that you have to get past to get better and ready to play and stuff. But probably more so now it's the mental aspect of it that you have to come to grips with mentally, knowing that you're not in the playoffs, but yet somehow Jimmy Johnson line, somehow, some way I have to motivate and get myself mentally prepared to physically go out there and play. And if you can't, if you're struggling doing that um, as players, which is absolutely natural, I think one yeah. of the things to think about is you have to really think about it in terms of, Everybody is evaluating you. In a yep. good year, you turn you turn over your team thirty five to forty percent, and that's a successful team. So on in losses, you turn over more than a third of your team. So rest assured, if you put out performance uninspired, unthought through, uncompetitive, nonviolent performance and plays on film in the last two weeks not only are you probably writing your ticket out of town don't think you want to get out of town because the grass is not greener in the other 31 cities and they absolutely are looking at the same film that the cleveland browns are looking at right now and you have to really for your younger players have to have your personal pride from just a business perspective of how blessed we are to be in the NFL, because remember, our NFL career, the average is 3.41 years. So even if you're blessed to be one of the lucky 53 guys on the roster right now, odds are you're only going to be there less than four years. So to maximize your chance to be on a roster next year, it's imperative that you ball out these last two games because that's exactly what coaches, front office people, and astute personnel guys are looking at this time of the year. Who has heart? Who finishes strong? Who loves football? Who wants to get out there and still play no matter what? Yeah, and you have an opportunity to knock a team out of the playoffs. Obviously, if the Browns can beat the Commanders, there's a scenario in which both Green Bay and Detroit win, and that would end the playoff hopes of the Commanders. And then you get the Steelers with the chance to sweep them for the first time since 1988. You would even know about that. So you've, you did it. It has not happened since. And so there's still a lot in these last two games. I think you're right that a lot of people need to look at this. They're being evaluated on what does this team wasn't good enough this year for a variety of reasons. You know, what needs to change? And I'm sure some of those evaluations are happening. Can, can guys get motivated by that, Bernie? And then can guys get motivated by the fact that you can end the season of the Commanders and, and treat it like it's a playoff game? Right. And, and also on top of that, you can start absolutely building and working on your craft. There's been so much said about Deshaun, Deshaun Watson and the RPO game. We saw in the terrible conditions against the Saints, we saw him run the first touchdown in for a 12-yard touchdown run. You know, people are saying that's a great RPO play. Actually, it was a quarterback-designed run, but still showing that Deshaun Watson's legs and his ability to run and create is absolutely there. You know, in the, we've seen so much of the great Nick Chubb through the course of the year. Yeah, we want to stunt the commander's um, playoffs, um, playoff chances, but do we want to get it at the expense of Nick Chubb running the ball 25 times, or do we want to see – do we want to see Deshaun be able to drop back and throw? And does that help him? Does that help him kind of get assimilated and get that rust off of it from being out for 700 days? 
or does that subject him to the uh, possible injury with with the way uh, Washington comes at it with their front four? There's a lot of a lot of thought process, a lot of decisions that organizationally, coaching-wise, you really want to analyze this week and think through as, as you get to get to these last two games. Yeah, and, and for the Browns, I think getting Deshaun Watson, getting some confidence, getting him looking good in these final two games, obviously is important. I thought he was going in the right direction. Then last week's game, Bernie, it, it's so hard to even evaluate quarterback play in that game you could see the wind have such a massive effect on his passes on Andy Dalton's and the Browns you know had to pass it on that last drive he had two of them in there that that could have been caught for game tying touchdowns none of them were so how do you even process that game hey uh, Nathan I gotta tell you we've made it to week 17 and I got it and we've been me and you've been doing this for multiple years yeah actually for the first time I think I disagree with you Um, okay I think all right um, how you said it was hard to analyze Deshaun this past Sunday against the Saints because the weather was so horrible, and I could use a lot of bad swear words right now to of, yes. add on to how terrible that was from a quarterback perspective. And you look at very pedestrian stats of 15 for 31, 135 yards, a pick. I mean, that looks like terrible from from a quarterback. I love how Deshaun Watson played in the game this Ooh, past like on, uh, Saturday. It was terrible conditions. There was no way that the law of physics should allow that football to be be thrown with any degree of accuracy. And 15 for 31 does not seem like that. But, man, I actually love the way he threw the ball. He made plays at the end of the game that our receivers, I know they're mad at yeah. themselves. They, they know they got to come down with it. Man. He, he made a half dozen throws down the field north of, I know it's only throw, saying 20 yards for pros. doesn't seem like throwing 20 to 25 yards, 60 to 75 feet. doesn't seem like a lot. In those conditions uh, this past Saturday, that was a nightmare to do. I was massively impressed with his ability to throw the ball um, in that win, especially coupled with when he came here a couple years ago as a Houston Texan and had wind not quite that bad, but terrible. And Deshaun had a rough game to have yep. a colder day with more wind um, and worse conditions. Um, I was, I actually liked, I really liked how Deshaun played in that crap on Saturday. So good. Let's get good. Let's get that momentum going. And I hope you hopefully, you know, we're going to get some good weather where their conditions will not be adverse. It feels like it could be pretty good this weekend in Washington. We'll get to see more of Deshaun Watson, hopefully slinging it around accurately to Amari and Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku. Bernie, as always, thank you so much for the time, brother. Great talking to you. Happy New Year to you and your family. And then we'll talk about an opportunity next week to sweep the Steelers in the 2022 season, which would be a, a nice a, a nice end to an otherwise bittersweet season. Oh, awesome, Nathan. And to Gibby there, everybody, for our listeners out there, you matter. God bless you. Happy New Year. Go Browns. Bernie, God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much for the time. Bernie, as always, brought to you via the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, an official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. And, and by the way, if you're going to go do a little tailgating, there's nothing like tailgating touchdowns and Twisted Tea. It just tastes like real iced tea. You know why? It's made with real brewed tea, cool, refreshing, and a 5% kick of alcohol. It's thirst down and goal. Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea. Keep it twisted. When we come back, we'll meet the commanders. Get ready for a little better or worse at the bottom of the hour. Clean Browns Daily brought to you by Bally Bet. 
Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste and Recycling is a family-owned and operated company. Whether you join us as a customer or as an employee, you'll become a part of the family. Visit www.rumpke.com to learn more. Time now to meet the commander, 7-7-1 seven, seven on the season, sitting last place in the NFC East, but remain in the seventh seed right now for the wild card spot in the NFC, the last and final wild card spot. Already talked about scenarios. They have a scenario in which they could clinch the playoffs in this game. We have a scenario in which they could be eliminated from the playoffs in this game as well, and then one where neither of those things happens. Uh, they are head coached by Ron Rivera, his third season with the Commanders, 21-26-1 overall. They went to the playoffs in 2020. Uh, the series record all-time, the Browns lead 34-12-1. Last meeting was won 34-20 by the Browns September 2017-2020. to Nick Chubb had over 100 yards in that game, two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt caught a touchdown in that game. Harrison Bryant had his first-ever career touchdown, and Miles Garrett, a couple of sacks, was dominant. Offensively, they are 19th overall, 24th in scoring. Defensively, 4th overall, 12th in scoring. They're near the top 10 in pretty much every defensive category. Very average on offense so far this season, and then they have a negative turnover differential, same as the Browns, minus three for the year. So they have an opportunity, as we said, to clinch this week uh, or to be eliminated this week. Their final game is against the Dallas Cowboys, which would be very interesting because that game potentially could mean nothing to the Cowboys, so they could end up resting people, giving the commanders a much easier path. Uh, Offensively, they've got a good rookie running back. Brian Robinson leads the team with 710 yards. Antonio Gibson has not practiced today and could be out. Antonio Gibson has given you 1,300-plus total yards and 10 touchdowns in 2021. He had more than... uh, and a thousand total yards and ten touchdowns in each of his first two seasons. This year, just eight hundred and ninety-nine total yards, five touchdowns for Antonio Gibson in his third year out of Memphis. Brian Robinson, as I mentioned, the leading rusher. They've got good receivers led by Terry McLaurin going to his first Pro Bowl. It's his third straight thousand-yard season. Seventy-two catches, thousand ninety-two yards, and four touchdowns. He needs twenty-seven yards for a new career high. Uh, you've got the rookie Jahan Dotson. Uh, 29 catches, 414 yards, team high, seven touchdowns. Also, Curtis Samuel, 62 catches, 652 yards, four scores. And then tight end Logan Thomas had a, a season high, six catches last week, 31 catches, 251 yards, and a touchdown of his own. They are turning to Carson Wentz, seeking a spark, according to head coach Ron Rivera, as the team has not won three straight games, started by Tyler Heineke, although Heineke still on the season, 5-3-1 and one is a quarterback for them. Wentz was just 2-4. and four. The team saying that Wentz will be there. Ron Rivera saying he was looking, quote, for a spark to their offense. The biggest thing is he's more comfortable in what we're doing, and that was evident in the game. He handled situations well, got the ball out. I'm hot, threw some nice balls. Decision-making was very quick. He got a reset. He had the opportunity to heal up and feel better. Um, talked with a bunch of people, let them know he was thinking, why he was making the move. Um, informed the entire team of the quarterback change in a meeting on Wednesday. Heineke, obviously not happy at all with the decision. Um, he was a fan favorite, obviously, there and had done a good job uh, leading this team to victory this season. As I said, 5-3-1, 12-12-1 all-time. He quarterbacked them in their playoff loss to the Bucks two years ago. Um, and kind of a gritty, some moxie, as they like to say. Mobility, penchant for clutch throws, but ultimately not good enough. And so Carson Wentz will get the start once again for the Washington Commanders. Their defense, though, as we mentioned, is elite. Sweat, Allen, Payne. Chase Young, 
These people are loaded, uh, tremendous, getting after the quarterback. All three have more than seven sacks on the season. As I said earlier, they are one of only two teams in the NFL to have three players with seven or more sacks, led by Deron Payne's nine and a half. Jonathan Allen, who was just named to a second straight Pro Bowl, he's got seven and a half. Um, Montez Sweat has seven on the season, although he has not recorded a sack in three straight games. Gibbe, you tried to trick me on here. You gave the nine and a half to Jonathan Allen and the seven and a half to Payne. But fortunately, I had done my research. It's backwards. That's all right. Career high for Deron Payne. Allen's the pro bowler. I could see why you think that he would be leading. Both have 16 tackles for loss. I mentioned earlier that's third in the NFL, number one amongst guys on the interior. On the back end, Derek Forrest, their fifth-round pick last year, leads the team with four interceptions. That's a career high for him. Uh, he has played very, very well. They've got their third-round pick from last year, Benjamin St. Juiced at one corner, Kendall Fuller uh, at the other corner. And as I said, they play a lot of nickel. So Bobby McCain gets a lot of work in the slot as well. Last year, he led the team with four interceptions. He does not have one yet this season. All right, when we come back, we are going to play a little better or worse. Anthony Poizel joining us in studio. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, the official printer partner of the Cleveland Browns. While you depend on the Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM because we can tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or ohiobusinessmachines.com. Welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. Time now for a little better or worse, presented by Keep It Fun Ohio from the Ohio Lottery, who reminds you to know the risks before you gamble. Jason Gibbs, Anthony Poizel in studio now as well. All right, Gibbe. What do you got for us? First, a little breaking news in the National Football League. Out of Las Vegas, the quarterback carousel around the NFL continues. The Raiders officially benching Derek Carr. Jared Stidham will start the final two games. Now, according to reports, out of Las Vegas, Carr will be inactive for the final two. There's not another quarterback on the the depth chart. Vic, Vic Taffer reporting... If the Raiders sit Derek Carr Sunday, like it is being reported, it will be the fourth game he misses in nine seasons and the first not due to injury. His salary of $33 million next year and $7.5 million in 2024 become guaranteed if he gets hurt this year. The front office met the last two nights to decide on the course of action. Hmm. I don't know who the backup is, but according to The Athletic... The Athletic is reporting that he will be inactive for the last two games. Well, yeah, so they don't want him to get hurt. They've decided that they're going in a different direction, and they're basically saying that he will not be playing for them. Uh, he will not be like – he has no guaranteed money without it. So, the, obviously, this is an injury guarantee that they're I trying was gonna to I was going to say, they're only going to – it's only going to cost them like $5.6 million, I think. To cut him? McDaniel said there's a lot to be sorted through once this season is over regarding the quarterback position there. Wow. Man. So there's that. Start the season with Devontae Adams and and end with that. 
Man. Not great. Hi, Poizel. Welcome back. <laughs> Back-to-back days. Yep, that's a first. I know. Baby steps, young man. Yep, here we go. Higher or lower presented by our great friends at the Ohio Lottery. Uh, and we'll kick things off right now. Higher or lower? I am not going to talk about the Browns being ranked 26. Well, hold on real quick. One thing right now. What? The Raiders don't want the injury guarantee for Derek Carr to trigger, but the option gets guaranteed anyway on February 10th. So a release or trade is going to have to happen before February 10th, which is like right after the Super Bowl. No, it's right before it. Yeah. It's before the Super Bowl? It's February 12th. Yeah. Can they cut him before the Super Bowl? <laughs> they might not have a choice based on... I'm pretty sure the Super right. Bowl is but can you do Valentine's that? I don't weekend. Know. Huh. Wow. There it is. Man. Wow. <laughs> Super Bowl is Sunday, February 12th. I mean, that great. would be something. And they don't have a very good draft pick either. Jets? One that... Colt, no. Jets? Colts? Where is he going to be playing next year? Tampa Bay? Yeah, some team will take him, but... Just, he had Devontae Adams this year, and... Yeah. Just before the season's over. Yeah. All right. We move on. <laughs> higher or lower are the following teams higher, closer to number one, or lower, closer to number 32. The 49ers come in at number one on Dan Hansis's power rankings. I don't have this on the list, but I have to go to the foremost authority on the 49ers. Pedro, not Pedro. Are the 49ers properly ranked in this power poll week 17 in the National Football League? I mean, it's hard to imagine a, a team with Brock Purdy, a quarterback, would be number one, but who wants to play them? They blow everybody out. They are an un... And this says it. The Niners are a fully formed death machine destroying everything in their way. Yeah, it's this defense has been so good. Purdy is 3-0 and as a starter. He's getting the ball to George Kittle. Kittle's all of a sudden a big factor in the offense again. He's thrown multiple passing touchdowns in every single game in his first three starts, which is something that only Kurt Warner has done in the modern era, and he went on to win the Super Bowl that year. This is It's it's unbelievable what they're doing, but, yeah, I'm with it. I wouldn't want to play them. Poisel? Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's as Nathan said, unbelievable. And you know, I'm just curious, like, when is the last time a team this late in the season was number one in the power rankings or number one in anything or one of the top teams when they had a quarterback that wasn't one of those sort of, like, <laughs> top-tier echelon of guys and not even someone – this is a guy who's Mr. Relevant. He's got – He's their third-string quarterback. Yeah, like – when was the last time that this happened? Like, was this like Nick Foles maybe with the Eagles? Like, I, I don't know, but it's it's incredible what they've done. But Nick Foles was at least like had been a exactly. starter. Exactly. Like, I don't even know if you can rank that in the same category. But, yeah. I mean, the running game's been great. It's like Defense Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner came from bagging groceries in the Arena League and yeah. then went to the Super Bowl. I mean, I, yeah, I talked about yesterday, but like, you know, Purdy has a real chance of making Trey Lance a backup quarterback next year, which is pretty, pretty fascinating. So, it's going to be wild. Um, so, yeah, I don't have any problem with the Niners being number one here. Yeah. Next, higher or lower, the Philadelphia Eagles are number two. The Buffalo Bills are number three. That takes us to number four. And the Cincinnati Bengals, Poizel, higher, lower, or just right? Yeah, this is just right. I'm still okay with them being slotted really anywhere from two to five. Um, Four is fine. They could have had, I think, a much better argument for being higher if they didn't make things so close against the Pats. But 
Um, they've won seven straight, and uh, you know they're arguably just as good as any of the other teams in front of them on this list. So it's very it's very tight between I think one and and four or five on this list. Zagura. I think that's fine, and then we'll have an answer on Monday night if they're going to go up to number two or number three. You know, Bills, Bengals, huge game, so that's going to sort itself out. So right now, I'm fine with the Bills being third, the Bengals being fourth. We'll see. Can the Bills stop what is a Bengals juggernaut again here in the second half of the season? I don't know if I've looked more forward to a Monday night matchup. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Oh, it's going to be good, and I'm going against outside of our stuff. I'm going against Josh Allen and Diggs in the finals. So I will be watching that and who do you very have? closely. I got my loaded what squad. What do you have? I got in that game. I don't think anything. I could play Gabe Davis. So you better but that's get. Been very you better get. Famine. I better be up by a lot. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable unless I was up like sixty, and even then, I don't know how comfortable I'd feel. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Diggs Maybe though has really cooled off of late. Knock on wood. Diggs has not been putting up numbers lately. Maybe we need a little Manning cast, but just with us. Just and, us breaking down my fantasy team. Oh, my God. Fantasy Mark Monica. The Zagura cast. Batardi. Yeah. Oh, I love Monica. Next. Higher or lower? All right. Number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number six, the Dallas Cowboys. Number seven, the Minnesota Vikings. Zagura, higher, lower, or just right for Minnesota? I mean, look, everybody wants to knock this team, but they just keep winning. So it's it's hard to really see, you know, where you would make them lower. They just win. They know what to do. 11-0 in one-score games. Justin Jefferson's a stud. Hawkinson's a stud. Are they flawed? Yeah. Could, would they beat the Chargers? I don't know. But I think you got I think that it's about right. I just think it just shows that, like, the Chargers, I think, could make a run when they get Bosa back and they're healthy, and I, just, I think they have the ability, to the talent to make, like, a real run. Can the Vikings win the NFC? I think I, so. I don't know, I mean, but why not? A team that goes 11-0 and in one-score games, I mean, that is that is so huge for the playoffs. I was even going to say, I think you can move them in front of the Cowboys on this but list they just got for smoked that. smoked by the Cowboys. Understood, but the Cowboys lost to the Jaguars two weeks ago, and the Vikings, sure. ever since that game, have played much, much better. As Bo and always says, are we talking right now, right. or are we talking yes. body of work? I mean, they're in the they're in that area. I think, like, after the top five teams, you know, Dallas, Minnesota, Chargers, those are the next ones. Green Bay's got to move up because I don't think anybody wants to play them right now, but I think that's where – I think it's about right. Yet. <laughs> I'm just saying that just in general, looking at the whole the it, landscape, that's where that next group is. I think that the Vikings are fine. They can make the case they're six. You could say, I think you got to be behind yeah, Dallas because I mean, they got smoked by him so badly. But then the Chargers are coming up. Taking out the game against each other, would you vote Sirianni or O'Connell for Coach of the Year in the NFC? Hmm. Sirianni. Yeah, Sirianni. But it's O'Connell's just, done a great job. Yeah. I mean, he's right there. Yeah. To, the Coach of the Year race is, I think it's pretty close right now. Like, Coach of the Year and MVP are all, like, there's, it's tight. It's going to come down to these final two weeks. Yeah. As Peter King said earlier in the week on his Football Morning in America, if you sit out, you risk losing a lot. Or if you are out because of injury, mm-hmm. you risk losing a lot here in these final two weeks. Yep. Next. Higher or lower? Los Angeles, the Chargers are number eight. Jacksonville is number nine. 
And number 10, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Poisel, higher, lower, or just right for the Ratbirds? Um, I'm going lower. I'm going worse here because uh, just looking at what the Packers have done, I don't know, again, we're going to get to them. But, you know, they're at 12. I'd put the Packers here at 10 over the Ravens because I just think they're a more complete team right now. Um, but then I'd go the Ravens with 11 and or even 12. I, I think you can make the case that the Lions are also better right now. I, I just don't think Tyler Huntley would uh, help the Ravens beat any of these top 10 teams and they've had a really easy schedule with him right yeah. and I think the Packers beating the Dolphins shows that they belong in the top 10 over the Ravens but um, I'm really curious to see what the Ravens look like when Lamar is back and, and how much improved that offense is uh, defensively obviously they've been lights out but it's just again they're, they're, they've played so many easy teams over the last month month and a half now and um, I don't know if that's a true gauge of, of how ready they are for the playoffs right now Zagora it just shows how quickly it falls off, but the Ravens need to be lower. The Packers, I would take over them right now without any hesitation at all. Are we in agreement that Jacksonville should be lower? I mean, but behind who? That's the thing. Yeah, Jags, yeah. Lions, Ravens, it's all similar. Miami's in a free fall. The Jets and the Giants I don't think are very good. Like, there's a big drop-off after the Chargers at eight, I think. Yes. yes. And, and, and then it's just kind of a crapshoot in these yeah. certain tiers of the power rankings from, like, nine to, I guess you could go to 12, 13. Like, it's just... Yeah. Well, after like, after the Chargers, it gets very jumbled. I feel. Dan like. Hansis said they coasted to a 19-3 win over the Jets Thursday night. There was no coasting. Yeah. it was just a an 19, ugly, ugly game. A 19-3 win is not coasting. No, and Zach Wilson <laughs> sucks. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I, I just I don't know if I'd put Jacksonville that. I'm not ready to crown them anything yet. Although, if you noticed on their social media, they put their postseason tickets on sale today. Well, the Pan I saw the Panthers did that too. I think that's just something that teams have to do when when they're still in it this late in the season, right? Or, I mean, it's still ridiculous I, to think I about. I agree with I you. I don't that have way, an but, answer on that. Yeah, but possibly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Next, higher or lower. The Detroit Lions are number 11. They came down to earth after that loss to Charlotte. The Packers are number 12. I'm going to go to number 13 to give us a little space. The Miami Dolphins. Uh, Zagura, higher, lower, or just right? No idea. I think they're <laughs> probably just right. Uh, I, I'm not big on the Giants, not big on the Jets. The Commanders are interesting, but, again, don't love their quarterback situation. I mean, all these. Th I think they're just right. They're better than the teams behind them, but they're not going. I'm not putting them ahead of any of the teams ahead of them. It feels like their offense has been found out a little bit, and Tua is struggling now. He's got a concussion. Their defense hasn't been dominant. It's they're. I think they're appropriately ranked. I wouldn't put them in the top 12. And although I do think, like, could they beat the Ravens right now? Probably, but who knows? AP. Yeah, it just feels like it felt like you blinked, and they went from an eight and three team to an eight and seven team. I mean, that's what a, that's what a four game losing streak will do for you, obviously. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's just it's not even like this is a team that's falling back to earth. It just feels like they're just severely underperforming right now and really missing out on a chance to. They they've already missed out on a chance to establish themselves as kind of like this late season, even like a Super Bowl contender. I. They they're they're playing so much differently than than how they did in the first half of the season, and um, I I think. Just right at 13, I, I kind of agree with Nathan. Like, I don't really know where to put the Dolphins right now after such a, a, a bad last month. Yeah, and the uncertainty of Tua now as well. That's big, yeah. Next. Higher or lower? The G-Men are number 14, the Jets number 15, the Commies 16, 
And Pitts Puke is number 17. Poizel, higher, lower, or just right for the Pukers? Yeah, I think I think this is just right for them, which is, again, crazy because, you know, a month ago they were in the like mid to lower 20s in most of the power rankings, it felt like, and now they've, they've just bounced all the way back. I mean, their defense is playing really well and giving them a chance to make the playoffs, which is just this is what this is what they do this time of year. You know, we talked about it yesterday, and this is how the Steelers play in December. Um, so I, I just write 17's fine. Zagura? It's just crazy, like how uh, Seattle is free falling, how the Raiders have free fallen, how the Titans have free fallen, how the Bucks are not good, how the Patriots are not good. Carolina is good one week, bad the next week. They're a strange team. It's probably just right, just on the strength of Mike Tomlin and his will and his ability to coerce them into making plays when they've got to make them. Just it, makes me angry. Yeah. Because if things fall their way, that game next week against us could mean something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yep. That just infuriates me. <laughs> next. Higher or lower? Carolina. I'm sorry. Patriots, 18. Panthers, 19. Number 20. Another team I have no idea what to make of. Tampa Bay, higher, lower, or just right? Uh, poise out. Yeah, I'm fine with this too, but the Bucks are still like – like where do you where do you rank them? Don't, you, you don't yeah. know where. I feel like that's you can really say that about the Bucks. You can say that about the Panthers at nineteen. Like really from eighteen, maybe starting with the Patriots, and you can even throw the Steelers in there. So seventeen through all the way through the Browns at twenty six. We'll just count it less. Like scramble those teams anywhere, and like that's yeah. it, it, you can make sense. They're, like any of those teams can beat any of those other teams any other week. I feel like it's just. I mean the Bucks. I feel like are, have been the perfect team of mediocrity this season right like they 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 look okay one week and then bad the next or really bad the next and i don't even know if okay is actually that's probably too positive a word um but sure bucks at 20 i'll take it (laughs) it's fine i mean and they could win their division a big game that's fine my airing of the grievances as i go through this is at the back end of this power ranking he has denver is the worst team in the nfl okay the colts 31 the Cardinals 30, the Bears 29, the Gutless Falcons 28, and the Texans 27. We are 26th, by the way. I feel like the Texans need to be much lower. Yeah. Um, yeah they played the – they took, like, the Chiefs to overtime. They played Dallas tight. They're, like, playing people tight. That's what he's yeah, That's what we did, too, and we went 0-16. Yeah, I know. Great. Mm. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, we lost to the Falcons, who are down here. I mean, the Broncos, as good as their defense, Ben, they just gave up 50 points. They were to, awful. Don't even, they're dead like, to me. I yeah. had them in my fantasy semifinals to get zero points. By the way. Our good friend Justin Casanzo. Oh, hello, Justin. Okay. Was up by 3.7 points. His team was done. The other team was done. But he had all he had left was a defense, which was the Denver defense against the Rams. It needed to score zero. It scored negative four, and he lost. Oh, <laughs> Because he had to have no a full like couldn't bench him. Yeah, worst. That's the worst beat I've ever heard. Was of he in my like sitting life. there watching the game, like just pulling his hair out? I feel it like had to be. the fourth it quarter, and you're just very intoxicated. Yeah, that's crazy. Merry Christmas, JC. Hope all is well, my friend. Man, um, yeah, that just that's lunacy, and that is higher or lower. Presented by our great friends at the Ohio Lottery. Yeah, wild. Poor Justin. Hate to see it. Not cool. Broncos. Not cool. That's a that place. That's that was an absolute debacle. We said it week one. We're like, this is a debacle. Absolute debacle. All right, AP. Great stuff. Yep. We'll be back wrapping things up. Final thoughts here. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Bally Bet.
Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Catch the Browns preview show tonight from 7 to 8 on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Linebacker Reggie Ragland and the voice of the Browns, Jim Donovan, join Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry on the preview show tonight, second to last of the season. Carson Wentz, he will start for the Commanders in a playoff game for them against the Cleveland Browns this Sunday in D.C. And Derek Carr out as the starting quarterback for the Raiders in Vegas. The next level is next. Thanks to Bernie Kozar for joining us. For Jason Gibbs, I'm Nathan Zagura saying thanks for listening to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.